Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and producer of Kreditsya, The Well, a monthly podcast series about Ukrainians and their activities around the globe. Today is Wednesday, June 10th, 2020, and our guest for this episode is Dr. Walter Hoydish, who is the director of the Art at the Institute program at the Ukrainian Institute of America, located in New York City. Welcome, Walter. How are you? I am fine. Thanks so much for agreeing to uh, speak with me today. My pleasure. To start off with, I'd like to get some personal background on you. When did your parents or your grandparents come to the U.S. from Ukraine? My parents came in 1949 via Europe or Ukraine. They were displaced persons. And Walter, did you come along with them at that time? I did. I was a young boy, and I had to go to school here and uh, learn English, which I picked up very quickly because I was speaking German and Ukrainian up till that time, and the English kind of fit in with the German. So I forgot the German, and I picked up the English, and I also picked up what I think is a, a way of speaking that doesn't denote the fact that I'm not native-born American. And how old were you when you came to the U.S.? Nine. And so you went into local grammar school. I understand you lived in Queens, New York. Right. I went to grammar school here. And I guess I started in the third or fourth grade and then went on to high school. Actually, went on to a very famous high school in New York City called Brooklyn Technical High School. It's one of the five top schools in the city. I guess I was able to pass the admissions test and I got in and it was a very important beginning for me in the United States, learning not only the language, but learning what I thought was a valuable education at the Brooklyn Technical High School. And can I ask what village or villages your parents came from in Ukraine? My father came via Paris. My father lived in France. After the First World War, he met my mother in the late, uh, I guess, 1939, and they got married, and they were supposed to go back to uh, Paris. But the war broke out, and that ended that dream. So to visit Ukraine from Paris, but my grandfather was a parish priest in Ravaruska, which is right on the border of Poland and, and Ukraine. So where did you attend college in the U.S.? And, and what was your major? In the United States, I uh, attended a number of colleges, but New York University is my, my home. I, I got a Ph.D. in aeronautics and astronautics, and I stayed on uh, at the university for a number of years as a, a research scientist, and then joined the faculty and stayed on for a couple of years. And I decided at that point that I had an opportunity to go into the engineering consulting business. So I started my own firm called Environmental Science and Services Corporation and went on to uh, provide aeronautical consulting services to most of the major developers building buildings in the area of, of New York City. Uh, my specialty was dealing with the interaction of structures and high-rise buildings and uh, the effect that those uh, uh, environmental factors have on the construction of the building and the impact of those buildings on the environment. So it became a very big topic in, the, in those days because that was the beginning of uh, 
the Clean Air Act in the 70s and the great movement to uh, to deal with environmental matters. So I was swept up in, in that movement and went on to uh, a very successful commercial career in, in the engineering consulting business. It's a really fascinating story. So how did you get from aeronautics and engineering to the Ukrainian Institute of America? Actually, I was invited to lunch by uh, the uh, now deceased president, uh, Nazarevich, who thought that I might be an interesting person to join the board. So he called me to lunch and we talked and I found out more about the Institute and uh, I've decided to uh, to become a member. And so what year was that, that, Walter? That had to be probably around 1980. So you became a member of the board and then how did you end up becoming director for the Institute? Well, actually, my wife became a member, Daria Loydish, who was deceased. First, as a board member, she ran the uh, art program uh, chaired the uh, art committee and she was on the board of directors. When she passed, I stepped in actually into her shoes and I said, I'm going to continue with the work that she started back in, I guess, the year 1999. And uh, since then, uh, I've been a director of the Ukrainian Institute of America, holding various positions, including uh, senior vice president, uh, vice president for programs, uh, and uh, most important in my mind, the director of a program called Art at the Institute, which is in its 65th year, started in 1985. And can you tell our audience when the Institute was founded and by whom? why it was founded, and a little bit about the history of the building on 79th Street. Sure. The uh, Institute was founded in 1948. It, it's a not-for-profit 501c3 corporation, uh, started by uh, William Juice, who was an inventor, industrialist, and philanthropist. A very successful industrialist. He invented a number of things that became very great uh, technical achievements and led him to uh, build a factory and produce uh, one of the most important devices that he invented is called the, the juice self-fastening screw, which is used in the, uh, in the aircraft industry. As a matter of fact, it was such an important invention that uh, he gave up uh, all, all, all well, he relinquished his patent on the on this device in order that the government could utilize technology uh, uh, in the Second World War. You know, he built quite a business from things that he invented, and he was a very uh, astute, uh, I guess. He immigrated to the United States as a young boy and uh, worked his way up to a very high level as a successful uh, businessman and philanthropist, and as a philanthropist, he decided that, uh, that there was a need in the late fourth generation Ukrainians that started immigrating uh, after the Second World War. There was a need for a place for them to uh, gather and search the, uh, the real estate in New York City and found a mansion which uh, was on the market uh, on the corner of Fifth Avenue and 79th Street and decided to, to buy it, which he did. And eventually he gifted it to the Ukrainian Institute, but uh, it was quite a successful real estate venture because he bought the building for $250,000, and today it's probably worth $60, $70 million. And when did he buy the building? What was the year? 1950, I think it's 52. 
So let's talk a little bit about the kind of programs that the Institute has done. Which, in your opinion, were the best received by the public? The Institute's program consists of five core programs. One is called Art at the Institute, which is a program that deals with the Ukrainian art and has been around since its founding at the Fifth Avenue Mansion. And uh, the second one is uh, Music at the Institute. It's a chamber series uh, program, and that started probably uh, in the 80s. And then we have Film at the Institute. We have Books at the Institute and something that we call Other, which would include a variety of things. Of these programs, uh, you know, they're all successful, probably the ones you know, that have the, the, the greatest history and uh, made made the biggest contribution to promoting Ukrainian culture is the art and the music program. You know, the Ukrainian Institute is a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to promoting art, music, and literature of Ukraine and the Ukrainian diaspora. And it serves as a center for Ukrainian-American community as America's window on Ukraine, hosting art exhibits, concerts, film screenings, poetry readings, literature, literary events, children's programs, lectures, symposia, and the full educational programs, all open to the public. Our mission is to try to draw in the American public, not necessarily you know, focus on the, the public of the Ukrainian diaspora or Ukrainians, but get the, the people of New York City to come to the Institute and learn about Ukrainian culture. That's and so how successful have you been with that effort at this point? Would you say... The majority of your audience is still Ukrainian emigres, or have you drawn in quite a few New Yorkers as well? We've drawn in quite a few New Yorkers. When we say draw in, our programs are attended. Majority of people who attend our programs are New Yorkers. I think we're very successful with that aspect of promoting Ukrainian culture. You know, the, the, the members of the Institute, we have a member, it's a member organization, so we are approximately 600 members. And, uh, you know, the New York City diaspora right now attends uh, as many events. Probably they're outnumbered by the, by the American public. And how is the Institute funded? You mentioned having 600 members, but do you have an endowment or, or some other kind of financing mechanism? Well, I mean, it, it's funded, so far it's been funded through the support of the, uh, of the membership. We've gotten some support in the form of uh, grants to improve the building from the United States government because the building is a National Historic Landmark. And uh, under the, the, I guess, supervision of the National Park Service, so we got a grant, a matching grant to electrify the building and got a grant to, to refurbish the, the, the windows in the building. But that's the extent of the kind of support we've gotten outside of the membership. The rest of it comes from our own initiatives and our own member contributions. Uh, we have a small endowment, but not enough that uh, we can depend on it supporting us completely. So we also host... Uh, various uh, enterprises that come to the Institute because of its fabulous location and its mansion-like premises and for corporate meetings and uh, film shoots and things of that type. And how large is your staff at this point? We have a very small staff. We have uh, three full-time members and maybe a, a half a dozen uh, part-time members. That's the size of 
our organization. Walter, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I did want to ask you one more question. What are your plans for the future with the Institute? Where do you see it heading? Well, I think the future is very bright as long as Ukraine continues in the, in the direction of getting closer to being a more permanent country in Europe. We hope to be drawing on the talents of Ukrainians. We've been bringing in artists and musicians from Ukraine, and we will continue doing that. We hope that uh, you know, that's a business that is going to blossom. Uh, of course, Ukraine got a lot of publicity in the last couple of years. So where once when you said Ukraine, people didn't know what you were talking about now. I think it's really on the map and has gotten become a current event topic. And I know that like other public institutions in New York City during the COVID-19 lockdown, the Institute had to suspend its programs. Do you foresee that they will open up in the fall or if not physically, might be virtual? Well, we uh, have been doing a, a lot of broadcasting uh, virtually for a long time now. So for us, COVID was just a, another reason to continue in that direction. Uh, so we will be doing virtual broadcasting. We hope to come back uh, in a physical presence. For us, our building is such a treasure, Karp, let's say in Ukrainian, an icon that it, it must be enjoyed by the physical public and not by the virtual public. So we hope to get back to business the way we had it under whatever restrictions there, there will be in the future. Uh, we'll be working both paths. Walter, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Krenitsia. Okay, my pleasure, and uh, thank you. This is Mike Burek, your host and producer of Krenitsia, The Well a monthly podcast series about Ukrainians and their activities around the globe. I have been speaking today with Dr. Walter Hoydish, who is the director of the Art at the Institute program at the Ukrainian Institute of America, located in New York City. Until next time, that's all for now.